summertime, and thankfully, we have live sports to talk about. Welcome in to the newest edition of the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. We hope you've been staying safe and staying well in the last few weeks during the COVID-19 pandemic. But now we get a nice little distraction here in Iowa to talk about Iowa high school softball and Iowa high school baseball. My name is Zach James. I'm the assistant sports editor here at the Sioux City Journal. And joining me, as always, is sports editor Justin Russ, maintaining his social distance more than six feet away. I'm in the conference room. He's out in the newsroom. And uh, coming up in this podcast, I, you can kind of figure out what we're, where we're going here. We're going to talk about um, Merak baseball, Merak softball, Siouxland baseball, Siouxland softball. And uh, thankfully, uh, Justin, we have some live sports to talk about as uh, June 15th rolls around and live games can be competed. How dare you gloss over KBO baseball like that? I am very unamused. <laughs> yeah, we have we have live sports to talk about. Uh, yeah, starting on Monday, we'll be baseball, high school baseball and softball will be underway. One of the few states in the, in America, that, I mean, that will have live sports. The only one. Uh, no, South Dakota does have amateur baseball going on. Oh, and, that's true. And some Legion games going on, too. So they do have some stuff going uh, around as well. So so it's not the only, but it's one of the bigger ones. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's pretty significant for Iowa baseball and softball, both bigger leagues and Legion, Legion in South Dakota and, and amateur in South Dakota, to be honest. And you know what? Let's just start right there with just the basis of having a season. Granted, it is going to be a short season, but it is going to be a season nonetheless. Teams began practicing on June 1st after Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds gave the go-ahead. In about mid-May, mid to late May, somewhere around there, I don't, I don't remember the exact date off the top of my head, but um, yeah, it gave... Uh, student athletes some hope that there was going to be a summer season and here we are that we're 10 itch days into the season and uh, they've been practicing they've been getting ready now granted there ha- there are four schools in the state that we know of who aren't going to participate in baseball and softball none of them are assuming unfortunately but um still still a great thing for for the kids to be able to play baseball and softball if they so choose this summer. It is, but it is also not without its risks. I mean, this is planning this is the blueprint for, you know, football and, and volleyball yeah. and, and cross country, see if that can happen. Um, because everyone's got to stay safe and follow the guidelines as well. Um, Cause you know, you never know if there'd be a second wave or what can happen. So everyone has, still has to remain safe. We saw, so it's, it's one of those things that I don't know. It, <laughs> It, there, there are the risks. I mean, uh, yes, there are. I think it was the Davenport North coach whose dad passed away from, from COVID-19. So there still are risks. Yes. People still stay safe. But it seems we're also trending in a positive direction in this state uh, and hopefully in the country as well with the COVID, with COVID-19. So, I mean, it, it's a blueprint. It's not without its risks, but it, it, it is something to do, something to get people out because, you know, they're – being inside that long can take a toll mentally as well. So, yeah. so hope yeah. so. Hopefully, this goes well. Hopefully, people follow the guidelines and stay safe, and and we can have a season. And and you know, hopefully, this leads to better things, and hopefully, keep, things keep improving. And this is a good step, first step right here. How big of a test do you think it is? And maybe test isn't the right word here, but how big of a test do you think this is for everybody to show that this could be a good litmus test going forward? for the fall and winter sports and obviously spring sports too, but with fall being 
right around the corner after the summer, how big of a test is it to show that that we can handle this in the summertime going into the fall? It's huge because if this doesn't go well, it's not, it's going to just reflect poorly on football and everything else. Because if it doesn't go well this summer and things go down the tube, there's it's it's very doubtful that we're going to have a full football, volleyball, and cross-country season. So it's huge. Because if things don't go well here, how can you expect it to go well for football and volleyball and cross-country? Sports that are a lot more – everyone's a little closer to each other. Yes, cross-country mm-hmm. have distances, but there are major packs there too. So I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, it's To me, it's it's a big first step. So, And it is a big first step, but it is a first step. And let's get right into it here. Let's start off with the, the Missouri River Conference baseball landscape. And I like this landscape a lot. I, I really do. I think there's some really competitive teams coming up in here in the Merak. Uh, you got Pitcher Peeling coming out for four straight state tournament appearances. Sergeant Bluff played him tough in last year's uh, Class 3A substate. You've got Sioux City East, who was very competitive last year in Class 4A, the co-champs of the Missouri River Conference. And Sioux City West was competitive last year, but I don't think they'll be as competitive. But my point is there are some very good teams as a whole here in the Murat. You don't have to be looking at it. I will be honest. The cream of the crop is definitely Helan and Sergeant Bluff-Luton. Um, Sergeant Bluff-Luton is returning their whole lineup. Their whole lineup. That's pretty incredible. They do lose one of their pitchers, so they've got basically everyone back. Helan did lose one of their, their workhorse pitchers in T.J. Chamberlain. Um, they did lose uh, Mike Pittum as well and, and a couple other rugglers, um, Josh Meyer and, and, and Colin Knapp. But they have a lot back, too. Those two are the clear cream of the crops. I expect these to be good. I expect maybe a Lamar's or either one of the Lamar's north or west will step in there. Um, but east, north, west, and Lamar's all lost a lot in there. And, yes, they and did. Lincoln and Jefferson both struggled. I think they want to com- they want to combine 21 games. So both of them struggled. But right now the cream of the crop really is Helan and Sergeant Bluff-Luton. And after that, it's going to be a lot of – those teams are going to find players to fill positions. East needs people to 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 get innings on the mound that they that that from last year. They do have Alec Patino back, but after that, the rotation's a lot of guys. There are some people that saw time there, but not a significant amount of innings. North did lose some innings on the mound. They do have Tyler Koje back and, and Peyton Popper, um, and and Evan Helvig. So it's more their lineup where they can fill things in. They also have Dante Hansen back too. So they might have a little more returning than East actually, which which is. A little interesting since you have Alex Patino, but you're filling in a lot of spots after that, even in their lineup. Uh, West has some spots to fill. Alec Neiman did such a good job last year on the mound at the plate. They had, they had a few seniors on there, but they got some guys. That, Colby Neiman's kind of a guy to watch in that aspect, too. So, well, that Lamar's, uh, Lamar's uh, Josh Pratt is returning. He might be one of the best players in the Merak when it's all said and done this year. And Lamar's is going to lean a lot on him since they graduated a lot from the mm-hmm. lineup. But, he was their best player last year, so he's back. So it, it'll be interesting. I, I really do think Keelan and Sergeant Bluff are the cream of the crop of this conference. It, but all it takes is two or three players stepping up, and an east or north or west or Lamar's can, can, can vault up in that three spot and challenge for that one or two spot too. So it, it'll be interesting to see who challenges Keelan and, and, and Sergeant Bluff up there. And one of the cool things, I think, for West, Lamar's, and North, having a truncated schedule like this, a couple wins can be bigger than maybe in, in a normal summer where there's 
25, 30 games, uh, not every team's going to get to that 20 game level this year. I think it'll be right around 12 to 15. So when you win a game, it has much more prominence. And and when you do win a game like that against the Hewlin and East and SVL, because anything can happen on the baseball field. We both have seen that on multiple numerous occasions. I think that has to give the schools that maybe aren't at Hewlin and SVL's level, maybe even East level, a little bit more optimism to compete with the top of the conference. Yeah, it's exactly right. With, with with a little more wiggle, they don't have to deal with as much wiggle room and, and such. They won't fall behind as quick. They they can stay right in it. So that's the thing with with fewer games, they could stick around. They could also fall in a bigger hole quicker. But I don't. I don't right. Know, that's I don't really see how it happens. But I think it's more along what you said in that. And you know, a big one. I went over Helan. You split with Helan, and all of a sudden you're, you're you're still right in there. So, but but it's going to take a lot because, like I said. Heelan and Sergeant Bluff Luton, both are teams that, that, that are highly up there. Both teams do have to look for some pitching, though, and that'll be the key for both mm-hmm. Heelan and Sergeant Bluff, I feel, because while both their lineups are stacked, one, it is going to maybe take the hitting a little longer to come along. It always does. You know, pitching, sometimes pitching, they always say the pitching is the first, but I, I think hitting sometimes when you have that long layoff is going to be something. That's what I'm saying in major leagues, too. So the offense, I think, will be fine, though. Um, it's the pitching. Who's going to be there after Daniel Wright? Who's going to be there after Brant Hogue? And how much can Brant Hogue pitch for Helan? I, yeah. I think it's the question marks. Is, man, those lineups for Sergeant bluff Luton and, and Bishop Helan. I mean, for Heelan, Bishop Helan, they've got Jared Stitzman. Um, they've got Max Venny, Ben Dixon, um, Trent Hope. They've got a, a lot of masters in that lineup, uh, a, a lot of good hitters in that lineup. I shouldn't say masters. they got a lot of good hitters in that lineup. Christian Velasquez had a good season hitting last year yes. as well. So, you know, you got a lot of good hitters in that. And, and Sergeant Bluff has a ton of good hitters. And when I say Masher, I'll Spencer Clean right there as well. He's he's one that, that, that'll see some see some power in there. You got Derek Fitzgerald. You have uh, Jake Massey in there, Daniel Wright. So they've got a lot of key hitters that are back as well. So it's going to be which pitching can hold through the most, I think. Uh, with those two dangerous lines. I should also mention Wade Fair as well in that uh, for hitting as well. So, you know, they, they've got a lot of guys up and down that lineup. Nick Mueller's another one. Ben Freeberg, what do they do in the lineup this year? Carter Carter Schumacher as well. He stole 11 bases last year and can get on base. So um, it'll, it'll come down to the pitching for Helan and Sergeant Bluff, I feel. That, that's what it always is, but even more this year. I yeah. Feel. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, even especially even with the shorter schedule. How Let's let's break down a little bit of Helan and FBL's pitching staff a little bit. And you're right. With Helan, it starts with Brant Hogue. And he's kind of had a, a peculiar school year more, more than not, not only because of the pandemic, but he hasn't been in an athletic competition since late August when he was facing East at Olsen Stadium in, in the football season opener. Then his back gave way and he had to sit out the entire school year and he's kind of had to work his way back to being a hundred percent. So my thing for Keelan is, and maybe specifically for Hogue too, one is Hogue going to stay a hundred percent and how do you keep him mildly healthy? So he's ready to go for Iowa Western when the season is over and who's going to provide some of that support on Hogue. Christian Velasquez got hurt pitching at the end of last year. Ben Dixon had a great pitching year, but how much is he going to be, in that mix. So after Hogue, I think the big question for Andy Osborne is going to be who's going to be there for me on the backside of the location. It'll be interesting to see how much Hogue can go. I think you're going to see him DH a little bit more this year because of that 
when he when he's not in the lineup. But because because Andy Osborne does has does have options in the outfield and at first base as well, so he might be able to do that. Um, and yeah, you mentioned Christian Velasquez; he had arm trouble at the end of last year, and that that's really going to limit him. I really feel you'll see him pitch every now and again, but I think short innings. I think he may be a late yeah. inning guy that you bring in for one or two innings. Don't overuse him. Uh, Andy's going to be very careful with that arm. Um, people you'll see step up. Ben Dixon came on in relief in that game against Storm Lake to get in state and his he lights out. Great. He actually had a 2.17 ERA last year in 19 and, and a third innings. Um, his whip was up there. So it was his walks. It was his control. That was the problem with 24 walks in 19 innings. However, he really had good control in that Storm White game. So if he worked on that, he's a guy that can be a number two behind Brant Hogue easily. Um, Caleb Gangler pitched 27 and a third innings last year as a freshman. 4.87 ERA, but he was a freshman. And uh, he's going to get more innings this year from what Andy Osborne has said. Brett Sitzman was the ace of the junior varsity team last year. Only pitched four and two-thirds innings last year. 1.50 ERA. He's going to be the guy that sees a lot more innings this year uh, on the mound. Um, he, Andy Osborne has full faith in him. He thinks Brent Sitzman is going to have a breakout year as a as a junior in that aspect. So it'll be interesting to see what he does there. Um, you know, it's going to start with Brent Hogue. If he can if he can pitch 40, 40 innings, I think that's huge. T.J. Chamberlain had sixty three in the third innings, but you don't need all sixty three innings picked up with the shortened season. So that's good there. But, you know, Caleb Gangler, Brett Sitzman, and Ben Dixon's are the ones. Mm-hmm. We'll see how much Max Venny pitches this year. He pitched 12 innings last year. We'll see how many innings he pitches this year. So, but I think those are the three that are going to be leaned on, and Osborne has faith in them. So we'll, we'll see how much they can step up. It'll be interesting to see what Gangler and, and Sitzman do this year. And they're all good athletes, so I, I, it's not like you're throwing uh, duds out on the mound. They, they know how to compete. And they know what it takes to win. So it's not like you're throwing um, just inexperienced guys out on the mound. I, I, they do have experience, but I think they will ha- play a big role in this in this season. No question about that on the mound. I asked this question last summer, I, I believe, uh, towards the end of last summer, too. And I guess it's somewhat of a fair question to ask again this time around this summer. This team has been to state four straight years. You think there's any pressure to make it five? I mean, basically, Andy Osborne has said that they don't just want to make the state; they want to be playing on Friday and Saturday. This team is; these players have been around some, has, have been behind some very good players who've gone on to do some good things in college as well, and they bided their time. Yeah, and you know they got most of them got their time as juniors, and they showed they can play. Last year they made it to state. Now the big thing is show they can do something at state. So yeah, there is some pressure. I mean. It's Helan. There's that pressure, you know, trying to get there for fifth straight year. And for them, they're they're considered one of the best teams in Class Three. They're already ranked and everything. They'll be ranked in the coaches one that comes out. They're ranked in IA baseball, um, top five team, I believe. So, yeah, there 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 is that pressure. But you know what? They're used to that pressure, basically. So, yes, I, that's true too. And and on the other side of the coin, there's the team that Helan beat in the sub state final up here at North Stadium. And that was SBL, and they have Daniel Wright uh, on the mound again this year. And, and should SBL fans feel fortunate that Wright does get to play a baseball season and doesn't have to move up to Madison early? I mean, he could kind of like kind of like a hundred Deckers had to this yeah, week. Yeah, and, going to and Iowa there was State. another one last year. I can't remember his name. There's uh, he was in the Des Moines area, and he he went off for football um, as well in the middle of the baseball season. So, yeah, I mean, 
some, I mean, they are a little fortunate there, but that's how much Dan Daniel Wright wants to finish out his senior season. I think he planned on doing this even before the whole pandemic hit. I, I, he was going to play baseball from what he said. So you know, that, that, that is pretty neat that he's doing this, and he is the team's ace. He's one of the best pitchers in the MRAC. 71 innings last year, 2.27 ERA, 51 strikeouts, 1.04 whip, only 15 walks in those 71 innings. So he is as reliable as it gets. He's a very good pitcher. I mean, being 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, <laughs> helps. Um, you know, that, that's their opponents only batted 199 against him. So he's going to be their ace. Now the question is, what do they have behind him? Uh, Zach Hamilton, as a junior, had a 3.86 ERA. Did have a 1.59 whip. Opponents only batted 156 against him, but he did have 25 walks in 29 innings. So that's kind of the thing there. Um, can he cut down on those walks a little bit? Because he'll be seeing more innings with, with the graduation of Cody Salker. And can Nick Mueller take a step forward this season? He pitched 46 innings last year, but a 4.72 ERA, but he was a sophomore. He did have 35 strikeouts in there. He only had nine walks, so it wasn't control. Teams were able to hit him a bit, two, two point, uh, 271 batting average against him. How can he limit those hits? Can he miss a few more bats now is the thing. Will he take – and like I said, that's as a sophomore. He's an underclassman putting that together. That's, those aren't right. bad stats for an underclassman. So what does he do as a junior? What Does Sean Owens, you know, 22 and a third innings last year, 4.94 ERA, does he cut down on the walks and the – and the hits right there. Does he does he take a step forward in the senior year too? So uh, Ben Freeberg's another one, twenty one and a third innings. So you know th- those were kind of, those are their first innings really pitching last year. And will they take a step forward? What will the pitching staff look like after Daniel Wright? Because he can't pitch all the innings now, but he will be the guy they lean on when it comes to postseason. But if they can get solid outings from maybe a Zach Hamill from Zach Hamilton, Nick Mueller, Sean Owens, and and Ben Freeberg, that's the key right there for this team. And I'll stand up for Nick a little bit and say that he's had a great junior year so far. He's had a really good football season. I thought his basketball season was above above what I think his personal expectations were, including at the state ter- basketball tournament. So I think he can transfer that over into baseball and kind of finish off his junior year the same way he's been doing it in football and basketball. He's a very good junior end of his junior year for basketball. He was a key cog for that team and a big reason they – they they made it as far as they did, so all the all the way to the yeah, state title. Very, yeah, so he's a big yeah. reason for that. So yeah, he had a huge semifinal game and a pretty good, pretty big semifinal quarterfinal game against Pella too. Moving on now to the rest of the rack, we won't spend a lot of time on the rest of the teams because I think they are good in that second tier of conference teams, especially in our area. Um, Lamar's, I think they're going to be interesting. I think they're going to be competitive. They gave me a bit feeling last year in the district final, I want to say. So, and he, I think I think Lamar's had an early lead in that game too, if memory serves me right. So, can he? I mean, can Lamar's kind of take what they had late in the season and kind of transfer it over to the season? Do you think? Uh, they lost a bench, so they're gonna have to create some new. They're gonna have to create a little bit more there. They'll have to lean on Josh Pratt heavily at the beginning of the season. If players come around him on in the lineup, that'll be huge. Um, it'll be getting stuff around Josh Pratt to make a well-balanced offense. Um, he's he's a very good player. I hope I'm getting that name right. I think I looked at it right. So I apologize if I got that wrong. But he, he like I said, he's going to come in. I think he's going to be one of the best players in the rack. He, he, he was really good last year. I think he had about a 400 batting average as well. So um, 
Yeah, Josh Pratt. Yep. He had he had a he was a, a good pitcher too for them. Fifty one and two thirds innings, three point three nine ERA. So he's the guy that they're gonna have to get a staff around, a lineup around. Um they do have Mason Parrott back as well. Um and Anthony Lamaru. So if they can they they've they've got the bits and pieces. They're missing Alec Irwin is real Alex Irwin is really gonna hurt. They just need some people to really step around Josh Pratt, Mason Parrott and Alex Lamar too right there. But you know, if they if they can build something around them, they they made they're kind of the team with the third most back in the rack to be honest. Even though this is the first year in the rack, they've kind of got the third most back out of, out of any team right there. So it'll be interesting to see where they step mm-hmm. up into. Now, yeah, I do think they can challenge as well. You know, they're well coached. And, you know, we saw Alex Druckmann. He was on that team last year, got 101 at bats, and he's taking a big step forward in all sports as a junior season. So, yeah, if you can, especially on the mound, I should I I know I said the batting order, but especially on the mound. If you can get some pitchers after Josh Pratt, they're going to be a dangerous team. Yes, yes, they are. Yes, they are. What about North? Now, the top four hitters were all gone. Nick Offsall, Tyrell Blakey, Trenton Fredericks, and Hunter Kremenhoek all hit about 300. Evan Helbig is the leading returner in average at 303. He did, he did lead the stars in RBI with 28 this year. I think he's going to have to step up big time for the stars in that lineup. Do you see the stars being just as competitive as they were last year? It depends year? what they get around Evan Helvig. See, he, he is, when you say step up, he, the thing is he's going to be their main hitter. Even though he was one of the best hitters last year, he is the main hitter now. What can, what can Peyton Poppin do? What can Dante Hansen do? Um, can you get a little bit more out of them? Um, they did well last year, but now they're going to be focused on a little bit more. So what do you get around the lineup for them, or is it just one spot in the lineup? They need they need consistency in that lineup. On the mound, they're a little bit better off with Tyler Koja. Koja, I think it's pronounced. I, Tyler, if I got that wrong, I, I apologize. The K and J, I, I, I'm very bad at pronouncing. Um, and Peyton Poppin was, was good on the mound too. So you've got a bit there, but they need some depth because you're losing Tyrell Bla- uh, Blakey. You're losing Trenton Fredericks. You're losing Hudson Kromanoch. So um, you are losing some there, but – if they can fill the holes, it'll be interesting. Um, after those guys, there wasn't much. I think Drew Kinnaman threw 15 and two-thirds. So they need a, a three and four starter and some relief options there. Um, mm-hmm. And then they need some stuff. But the hitting's the big thing. What can you get hitting-wise around Evan Helvig around here? Because even if they get the pitchers, mm-hmm. they need some runs. And it's going to be key of what, what happens around Evan Helvig. Can Dante Hansen set up the top of the order, which I assume might be where he's at and what can they put around Evan Helvig and, and get the runs in in front of him and, and behind him, of course, too, but specifically in front of him. And then with West, they lose a ton uh, out of their lineup, too. They lost Alex Neiman to graduation, hitting 383, Jesse Elgert hitting 319, Alex Edflick 317, and Matt Elgert just below 300 there. But they did have a freshman hit 330 last year, and Brady Larson. Um, Larson also had 19 RBI last year. Colby Neiman had 21 RBI, so he'll be back as well. So the Wolverines will be able to produce a little bit, but uh, like you said, and Neiman will be the leading pit, pitcher too, but a lot like North, West has to make up a lot of room for who they lost due to graduation last and year. And it's going to be on the starting on the mound with them. You know, Colby Neiman and Ryan Smith had, had decent junior and freshman seasons, but their whips were high. So if they're going to become the aces, they need to keep people off bases and, and such. So you really need 
so those two need to take a step forward on the mound. What can you get out of Carter or Ojas, and who's going to come up behind them? Because hitting-wise, I think they're going to be okay. I think they've got some weapons. Like you said, you mentioned Brady Larson. You've got Jaron Holmshed, and you've got Colby Neiman and, and Skylar Hansen. So you've got some pieces there. Skylar Hansen, as a freshman 88 at bats, yes, his average isn't that great. But, you know, he's kind of bottom of the order. What do you get out of him now? So I'll be interested to see there. I think they might be a little more ahead in the, the order with, with, with Neiman, Hollingshed, and, and, and uh, uh, Brady Larson. So it's what can they get pitching-wise. It, it is a long way to go up, but we did see when this team came together late in the season last year, they did knock off East in that first sub-state game. Right, right. And, and just going back to East for one more second, since we didn't really talk about them individually in the last couple minutes, uh, I think one big thing that we didn't talk about for East that's going to be huge too it's base running. Ray Ray Douglas sold 26 bases last year. Nate Zizdo, not really known for his base running, but he had 24 steals. Drew Olson had 14. Uh, Bennett Vandaloo did have 12, and Drew Brower did have 15. But, uh, yeah, the pitching and hitting is, is of itself for East, but they're going to have to find a way to to make up for the, for Douglas's and Zeiss's graduation, especially on the base. Well, that is true, but in order to steal a base, you have to get on base. Um, Billy Hamilton has proven that throughout his, his Major League Baseball career. He's a giant yeah, now, baby. Here's the thing. They have Alec Patino back, and they have Casey Blake back. Casey Blake only had 33 at-bats last year. That's what they have back in their lineup. So they need people that can get on base. You graduated Colton DeRocher, Nate Zeisda, Drew Olson, Ray Ray Douglas, Kyle Burns, Noah McWilliams. So you graduated seven of your top nine hitters, or seven or eight regulars, because there's some rotating out going there. So who is going to be in that order for them? Their pitching might be a little more ahead just because you have Patino and Casey Blake back. They, I mean, yes, they lose the base running, but they got they got a soft who can get on base in the first place, I yeah. feel. Yep, 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 and we'll see if they can. And to be honest, East, East uh, has a good uh, enough tradition that some of these younger guys have stuff right, under that's true. before, so... So I mean I, I don't doubt they can't I, I I don't doubt they can put together a good season. So I mean they've done it in the past. Yeah, they'll be in the mix. So. They'll definitely be in the mix. Yeah, they'll be in the mix. They'll be in the mix. You're listening to the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal dot com and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Now let's branch out on that a little bit on the baseball scene in the Siouxland, and I think one of the big places where we need to start, Justin is West Sioux. Let's start with West Sioux, then we'll go to Rams, and we'll go from West Sioux. Well, spe- specifically, um, I mean, flat out, not just West Sioux, but the War Eagle Conference, I think, is where we need to start Well, out. yeah, I know, the, right? The War Eagle Conference had yeah, three teams that were I ranked. Could, yeah, yeah. Rams and St. Mary's, Hinton and, and West Sioux were three teams that were ranked. Unity had a 17-12 and 12 season, so okay. And, and, and so, you know, those three at the top, Rams and Hinton and West Sioux. Rams and West Sioux are both ranked. Hinton is also ranked as well, so um, two of those programs were in state title games last year, or in, in the state tournament mm-hmm. last year with Remsen and West Sioux. Yeah, yeah, the West, the the War Eagle might be the strongest conference in the entire state. One A of four A, just for what you said, having three teams, having really good athletes, really good players in that conference. Um, yeah, it's going to be a very, very, very competitive conference um, for West too. I think obviously Decker's moving to Ames this week. Obviously, that's a big loss for him. I think I think West will still be all right. I think they'll find their way through the War Eagle schedule appropriately. But it's 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 how do I want to word this? 
you can't ignore that loss, but I think they can adapt to it. Is that fair? Yeah, to say? you do lose Hunter Duckers. That is a big loss. Fifty two innings, zero point four oh ERA, one hundred and five strikeouts. Hitting wise, he, he didn't have a ton of at bats last year, but he still batted five oh nine with twenty eight R twenty eight RBIs <laughs> and fifty seven at bats. So yes, in your lineup and on the mound, it is a huge loss. But the you know, yes, it's a huge loss, but Austin Wilbert had a 1.89 ERA in 33 and a third innings. Seth Salker had a 2.07 ERA in 47 in the third innings uh, with 45 strikeouts as well. So they do have two workhorses on the mound. You might see Dylan Lineup pick up some more innings too. So um, Blake, Blake, Blake Van Valleyugan. Oh, that He's a sophomore. Bear with me. I'm still getting into I had him. I had him pronounce it for yeah. me in the summer, and yeah. I completely so forgot. He's one as a sophomore. Let's see how many more innings he gets as well. Because yeah, they, they, they do game. lose uh, Chase Franchot, who pitched 20 to 3rd innings last year too. So, so you do have them on the mound too. You, but another hit. You know, they do lose uh, Hunter Duckers. Cade Lineout had a 3.54 average and uh, 20 runs scored in. 65 at-bats, and he is also at Iowa State, I believe, too. So you also lose Drake mm-hmm. Milligan, who was a senior last year, who batted 378. So on uh, uh, hitting-wise, they got a little bit more to make up for by losing Milligan, Cade Lineup, and Hunter Duckers. Chase Koopmans, who batted 318. Trevor Schuler, who batted 282 mm-hmm. and was a very good catcher for them. Um, Connor, Connor Koopmans had some regular at-bats, too, 77 innings as well. So it's going to be more at the plate. You're going to need some guys to step up. You know, I think mound-wise, they're going to be okay. It, they, they have a, good, a very good one, too, with Austin Wilbert. Uh, with Seth Salker and yeah. Austin Wilbert. What can they do at the plate to make up with all those losses? Not just Hunter, but everyone and how it went around them. Will Aiden Swishaw take a step forward? Well, he only had nine at-bats, but he's a freshman. saw a little bit of time. I believe he's a pinch runner, too. You know, I just mentioned all the Koopmans. There's still a Levi Koopman on there, too. I don't know how many outbats you go. How many outbats will Dylan Lineout get this year? You know, will we'll, we'll Blake take a step forward as well? So it'll be interesting to see what some of these young guys will do to step forward for, for West Sioux. But, yeah, it does put them down without Hunter and without Cade Lineout and the other seniors like Chase Connor, Trevor Schuler, and uh, Drake Milligan. Will, will, they, will they still be as strong in the War Eagle, which is going to be very strong with Rums and St. Mary's and, and him? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and let's talk about the hit. let's talk about the Blackhawks first. They went twenty six and five last year. Their substate semifinal against Alterulia is in one of the five best baseball games I've ever seen in person. Um, at any level, it was just that good of a baseball game. And they they ultimately lost to Underwood um in the substate game substate championship. But the Blackhawks return a lot back. Yeah, they lose a lot, but they bring a lot of production. And experience they have back. a lot back on the mound. Yes, they lose Aiden Brock. 63 strikeouts and 48 and a third innings and a 2.03 ERA. And and Braden Vonk pitched 28 innings with a 1.25 ERA and 45, 43 strikeouts. However, you still have Kyle Brighton back. Uh, you, you still have Tate Linton coming back. That's 82 innings right there between the two of them and both pitched well last year. Um, Brighton had 51 strikeouts and 40 innings. Linton had 68 strikeouts in 42 two-thirds innings, and he was a sophomore. So you have that back as well. Mm-hmm. You do have Justin Kerwin back as well. So they do have some good pitching back. Once again, 
it's going to be at the plate for them because Brock also bat Aiden Brock also batted four twelve for Pete's sakes. So you also have Blake Beller. You also have Braden and, and Vonk also batted well. So you do lose three major lineup pieces. Uh, Turner Schmidt did well for them too. You do have, I believe Tate Conkle is playing baseball. I'm not 100% sure on that. I could be wrong. Uh, maybe I should check the preseason form that their that their um, uh, coach sent me. But, yeah, I, I really bl- believe hitting-wise we're going to have to make up the most ground, but I think the pitching can sustain them for right. a bit for them to find some of those hitters. You know, they still have Andrew Hessa back, which is big. Tate Linton was a sophomore, so we'll, he'll see some more at-bats this year as well. So, there are some good seniors in that lineup. Can Justin Kerwin do well with more at bats? Uh, what will Tegan Chapel do if they're lower tunnel Eats do? So Brighton's another one who's a young guy of hitting wise. So it's gonna be more in their mm-hmm. lineup than it's gonna be it's definitely gonna be more in their lineup than, than on their mound, I believe. So Do you think the Blackhawks can kind of make up for that? Way I mean that I'm looking at their box score from the win against Altaria, the game I was at. They were 12 of 36. I think they left uh, plenty of guys on base. I'd have to look at my notes. Well, wasn't, that a, find wasn't that a wasn't burner though too? So I mean, it was a 12 yeah. 11 game. They scored nine runs in the fifth that yeah, night. Yeah, so I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna say I don't know what what they could have done different that game. Yeah, they left some on base, but man, that that was the thing. <laughs> that was a that was a great game, as you said. It was an unbelievable game. I'm glad. I'm happy it was on a Saturday night too, because it ended well after deadline. But that's beyond the point. But uh, where do you think Hinton can can compete in this War Eagle with the West Sioux, with the Ramsons? Where do you put them there in that? I'd put them right order? there with West Sioux because you know West Sioux's got their questions in the lineup and on the mound. I, I feel Hinton's got their questions, more questions in the lineup. So I put them right there with West Sioux, with Remsen being the, the the clear team on top there. Yes, and let's transfer over to the Hawks and talk about them. Um, they they had a fantastic season last year, and they bring back virtually everyone, if memory serves me right, um, especially with Blaine Harpino, um having an, an absolutely fantastic year uh, last year on the mound and at the plate. At the at the plate, he hit three ninety two. Uh, had a point six nine ERA. Had 15, had a fifteen win season. But he had a hamstring injury, I think, during the basketball season. I think Blaine was the one with the football hamstring injury. And, football and, and basketball. And he's had plenty of football and basketball. Good call. It, it did happen in football, too. So, But he's had the pandemic to kind of rest that up a little bit. And granted, we haven't talked to Coach Dean Harper. No, I, I haven't. I don't think you have. But do you think that's enough time? Do you think that 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 injury has healed enough for Harper no, to have the same type of years he's had his first couple with the uh, Hawks baseball so. I think with so many games packed in, you can you don't have to lean on him as much as well because, you know, after after Blaine, they've got Skyler Waldschmidt. You know, Jackson Bunkers had a 2.94 mm-hmm. ERA as an eighth grader last year, and he's had a very solid freshman year. He's had some injuries. Took the football yeah, he, team to he, state. He has some injury <laughs> concerns, too, from football and, and basketball, but he had a very good freshman year. Like you said, when Blaine went down in football, Jackson Bunkers did very well, and he's a great defensive back for them. You know, Braden Ricky can can take some innings as well. So they've got some guys to help alleviate some stuff off Blaine if they need to. I mean, he's not going to throw ninety-one innings this summer as well. So, but 
But no, he's not. that can help take uh, take alleviate that. But he'll be he'll be the workhorse on the mound. I believe he had enough time to to recover. I will say this about Hinton as well. Uh, in the sheet, Cal Kramer did have um, he did have take Conkle listed. So, Conkle. so that's interesting there. But on, yeah. and and at the plate, you know, they need him to stay healthy because at the plate he was their top hitter with a three ninety two average. Granted, Skylar Waldschmidt was four points below that, and Xavier Gallus he he was a three seventy nine hitter. Jeremy Konek, three sixty nine hitter, and Spencer Shorg, three fifty five. So it's not like there's there's anyone bad behind him. So so yeah, but I mean that's no. the thing. If you can keep having him do that, five yeah, outstanding have a lot of guys right there. behind him. It's it's a very well rounded lineup with there with what they have. Braden Rickey actually actually led them with thirty one RBIs as a junior and a three thirteen average. So you've got a lot of guys around them, but you don't want to take one of those guys out. You want them to remain healthy. So. Yeah, I think you may see some guys step up a little more on the mound, and and Dean will know when to use his son on the mound in the postseason. Yeah. And I, I think Remsen right now, with everyone back, how can you not say they're they're they're, they're not just one of the, the top team in the Warhawk? They're one of the top teams in Class A, and uh, Class One A. I mean, oh, they absolutely. might be the state title favorites right now since they have everyone back, literally. So, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, Jackson Bunkers is mm-hmm. a skater. He batted three hundred five. Yeah, not too bad as an eighth grader. Now, I didn't play varsity as an eighth grader, so so it was good for him to have a, a strong. But I didn't play varsity period much either. But I didn't make the team. I didn't even make the team my eighth grade year. I didn't even make the team until my junior year. But anyway, do you think having a shorter season? Does it help or hurt Ramson? I, I think, think it, it helps, helps in some ways because of obviously Harpino, but does it as a yes, whole? It does, does it, it help? absolutely helps Harpino? Because and that's the biggest thing you need there. Because I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know how it affects some of the other guys because it's only going to motivate the seniors like Skyler Waldschmidt, Spencer Shorg, and Braden Ricky more. I mean, those mm-hmm. are guys that went to state in basketball, that went to state in football. You know, that's going to motivate them that they almost lost this. They want to go out and on another state tournament. You know, you don't have to use Blaine Harpenau as much because you don't need him as much because there's less games. So less wear and tear there. So, yeah, I, I, I think I think it's just fine for him since St. Mary. Yep, yep. What other teams uh, stuck it, stick out to you as, as we put out the landscape of uh, Siouxland baseball? Uh, West Lyon in the Siouxland Conference. West Lyon yeah. is ranked to begin the year. They they really came. They went twenty seven and two last year. So we were like, well, "What did they really play anyone?" They played plenty of people last year, and yeah, they played and, some. And that senior class has really come on strong. I believe they, yeah, they only had two losses last year. It'll be interesting. They start the season. One of their first games is a doubleheader against Helan uh, next Saturday, which will be very interesting to see. You know, they've got Easton Fleshman back. They've got Jalen Gramstead back. You know, I think you might recognize all those games and Jackson Kramer. So. They've got everyone back. They did lose t- Trevor Reineke. They did did lose Thad Myrell. So those are two seniors that they did lose in their um, in their lineup. And but uh, Ju- and Justin Koistra did pitch thirty one in the third innings with a one point eight five ERA. But Josh Van Beek was was their ace basically. Um, Forty seven innings. I shouldn't say ace. Him and Isaac Brueggemann really were really were one A and one B in that one. Um, about similar stats. Uh, Brueggemann struck out 71 in 48 and uh, two-thirds innings. And Brueggemann took a step forward in wrestling, too. So you've got that. Logan Meyer pitched five and third innings. I don't know much to say out of him on the mound. But you still have Gramstead, Van Beek, and Brueggemann back. 
that is a pretty nasty one, two, three right there. All those guys averaged more than a strikeout in inning, and they all had ERAs below 2.30. So you've got a very nasty one, two, three there. And then they're hitting, like I said, you basically have everyone at back with Flushman, Gramstead, Kramer, Lorenzen, Van Beek. And I don't know if anyone else noticed, but those seniors have had a very successful season at West Lyon and taken a step forward in every yes, sport this year. They've been able to play football, wrestling. You saw them take a huge step forward. You saw them take a step forward in basketball. So mm-hmm. this senior class is motivated. And don't be surprised if you see uh, West Lyon and West Sioux clash in Class 2A to get to state or somewhere along the line there. One other baseball yeah, team out of the Twin Lakes Conference. I am looking to see what Ulta really does. I thought, you know, during the regular season, I thought they underachieved a little bit last year. I, I was kind of surprised they didn't win more games. But you mentioned that hitting Ulta really a game before. Their offense was so solid last year. They've got a, you know, Ryan's a really good coach there. And they've got a bit back. Logan McCoy, Michael Ryherd is back. Uh, I forget where he's going to school. He's already committed. Trey Engelman, uh, Cade Roher is back. They do lose Eric Steven. They do lose Keaton Moore, but Anthony Cryer's back as well. On the mound, you know, they, they did lose Keaton Mork. Um, I guess he only pitched nine innings, so I'm looking this wrong. But they have, they have Logan McCoy back. They have Anthony Cryer back. They have Preston McCoy back. So you got the two McCoys back. If they can limit how many walks they had, Logan had 46 walks in 52 innings. So if they can limit that, if their pitching can take a step forward, and that's kind of the thing that's holding them back a little bit was their pitching. If their pitching can take a step forward, they're a team that's going to once again try and battle with Hinton to get the state. So off Kingsley Pearson, who won 29 games last year. They had, a, they had yeah. some good seniors on that team there. So how do they kind of make up that mold? And, you know, that'll be a big thing out of them. Um, I believe their pitcher from last year uh, – yeah, Justin Renking was huge for them last year. So how do you make up those? Yes, he was. Evan Newman, you still have Matt Christofferson. You still have Nathan. Oh, they, I'm sorry, they did graduate Nathan Keck. So you lose Keck and Renking. You know, some of these other guys that pitched less than 40 innings, will they take that step forward to Matt uh, Rendon? All those guys pitched well last year and uh, with over 20 innings. So what will that do? You know, Ren King was also really good at the plate. So, but you do have Damon Schmidt back, who led the team with a 438 average as a freshman. So he's a senior. You do lose Kyler Craig there, but like I said, Kostrovshin's back to a Jackson Howell. I don't know if they're going to win. You know, they obviously won't win 21 nine games because they won't be playing 29 nine games. So that's a team to look out for. If, they, if their pitching takes another step forward, they'll be right in that mix too in the Western Valley as well. So. Yep, very much so, very much so. It'll be a very fun summer here in baseball here in Northwest Iowa. But you know what? It's going to be just as fun of a summer on the softball side as well. And let's talk about that. Let's come back to the Metro and talk about some uh, Murak softball here uh, here on the SDJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com and wherever you listen to your podcast. And the Murak is just going to be as competitive, if not more, as on the baseball side because – in 3A, you've got Bishop Heeland ranked 15th by the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union. Sergeant Bluff Luton's ranked 8th in Class 4A. Uh, nobody in Class 5A, but I think there will be some competitive teams among the Class 5A cream of the Murak, too. But let's, let's sort of start off with the SBL since they're ranked pretty much in the middle of that Class 4A group. Um, is Kenzie Foley on the, in the circle and at the plate for that matter? And then there will be a couple other girls who who will follow her lead. But uh, it, it's, it starts and ends with 
Kenzie's yeah, bullied, does, don't especially you think? in the circle with for reward. them. I mean, she pitched so many of their innings last year that it really does start with them. Um, because, yeah, no one really saw innings after Kenzie Foley besides Madeline Morganson, who was a senior last year. So she's going to be leaned on for that mm-hmm. um, and such. So you, you do have to find a couple people behind her. But, you know, she was so good at the plate, too. And they have, they have Chloe back, Chloe Black back, I believe, Emma Christ, Christensen back, um, Whitney Schultzfeldt back. Morganson's really the only senior they lost last year in that group. You yeah, wouldn't be on I was thinking, I was thinking Sneller, but Sneller only played volleyball, so it's my my mistake for thinking that. Um, she's a very good volleyball player, by the way. But you know, she, but that was that was her yeah. sport, and then, so you have everyone but Madeline Morganson back, and that is a big loss right there. They do have to find a way to fill that spot in the lineup because she had fifty-one RBIs. Uh, catcher two, I believe. Catcher first baseman last year, I believe. Correct. Yep. Yeah, first baseman over. last year moved over to first. She was a state catcher her sophomore year, her junior year, and then moved so, over to so first. So they do for, need a first baseman. That's a key position as well defensively as well. So you need that big bat in the lineup there too. They have some good spots back. If they can be consistent in the lineup this year, they will be the team to beat because you can trust Kenzie Foley in there. And she's out for softball for a reason. She wants to end that senior year on a high note. You know, she she could skip. She could be she could be going to St. Cloud State right now or waiting that out to be ready to go up there. But she is, she's in that circle right now. And, um, you know, you have her there. And, and with that lineup they have around her, I, I, I think this is going to be, a, once again, another very competitive team again this year. I think they're the team them racked to beat this year. And they've got to be motivated after losing yeah, in the first I, round of Denison Schleswig last year. Yeah, that was a surprising loss, losing to Denison. And Denison eventually made it to state. So maybe there was some fate there. But I think the Warriors – have something to prove to themselves a little bit, knowing that they have so much talent, not only with Foley, but also with Black, with with Christensen behind the plate. Uh, I think they have enough in place, both in a lineup and with a pitching rotation, even though Foley is the main pitcher coming back, that they can make a deep run at this, not only in the Merak, not only in the 4A regionals, but also make a deep run to Fort I think what that Denison Schlossberg loss showed them is they have to be more consistent at the plate and, and have a little bit better approaches. Uh, I think that's something Jared Oker was kind of looking at last year. You know, they had a good offense, but it wasn't always as consistent as he maybe wanted to. Uh, there's a doubleheader against East, that I, or a game against East, I remember that too. So if I think that might have shown them be more consistent at the plate, and that's going to be the key for them. So, and and maybe you know you know what that Denison Lots did too is maybe wake him up for all sports because they didn't really hit a speed bump during the volleyball season. Yeah, they might have ran out of gas a little bit during the basketball season, but they had a very productive basketball season. So maybe that Denison Lots last year in softball just woke I, everybody I up as a whole. The state tournament uh, for volleyball the year before might have done that because it was a, it's a little different group with Sneller and them them out there in soccer and such for. So a little different group there, but for, I think it's going to have an effect on the softball season. Yeah, I agree, and I think they'll be very, very competitive coming in to, to the season. One thing that Jared talked about with me, and I didn't put it in the softball preview because I'm saving for a future story, is what kind of different defensive combinations he's going to try and come up with, especially with Ken- when Kenzie's not on the mound because she can't throw every single pitch this summer because the, the Murak is going to do double headers for softball. So I think the interesting thing for Jared, especially in his second season, as the Warriors coach is figuring out 
who to put where defensively. I don't think you'll have a problem putting girls in an offensive lineup, but maybe the challenge is where to put girls. Yeah, that'll be a challenge, so we'll see how that goes. But I'm pretty sure Kenzie Foley can play a lot of spots, so that, that'll, that'll help it out a bit. Yes, you can. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good problem to have. For, yeah, for yeah. So. yeah, it's a very good problem to have. Very good problem to have. Moving into the city now, let's talk about Bishop Peelan, who was very close to getting to state last year, but the aforementioned Monarchs beat Heelan in a 3 nothing game in a Class 4A sub-regional final uh, in Denison. And, and the one thing that Coach Zach Nelson, first-year Coach Zach Nelson, talked about with me um, this past Monday night was not running into the same problem they did in that sub-state final where they just couldn't get a rally going. And that wasn't a problem during the regular season. I don't think it'll be a problem during this regular season, but base running, timely hitting, and just finding that one big hit, I think it'll be huge for the Crusaders. It comes down to that one big hit because if you look at this team, their on-base percentage and their their averages were very good. You know, um, they had uh, five players finish the, uh, better than a 300 average. They had two players with better than an OBP of 400 and two with 390. I'm sorry, three with better than a 400 average uh, OBP. That's a girl that Liz Meyer hit 288 last year with an OBP of 405. They were not struggling to get on base. It was getting the runs around because no one scored more than 25 runs on this team last year. And there was no one with more Mm -hmm. than 20 RBIs on the team last year. So it was exactly that. It's exactly the timely hits that they need right now. Uh, That's the key timely hitting, situational hitting, situational bunting, getting people moved over. This was a but you know this was a young team last year. Yes, you had Riley Plattenberg, yep. but Ellie Gangler was a sophomore. Kenley Mice, she was an eighth grader. Kyla, <clears throat> yeah, and, and, and team yeah, triples. she had four triples. So you know, and you had Kyla Machalak, who was a sophomore. So you had your Riley Plattenbergs, you had your Emma Fours, but that those are the only two seniors. This is a young squad this year, so some of that. Is a, a good amount of that is a learning experience. I expect them to take that step forward because that's part of the process. These girls will learn how to do that. You know, some of them may be forcing a bit last year. Mm-hmm. Now they, they've been in those situations now. They, and, and that's what Zach's been leaning to. So that, that, that's going to be key there because I think the pitching will be okay. It's going to come down to getting that timely hitting. Yes, yes, I agree. And and nobody more nobody had double digits in doubles. Gingle had nine doubles. Plantberg had nine doubles. Meese had seven. Mariah Augustine had seven as a freshman, and Kennedy Bork had five. So I think it it'll come down to extra base hits and that timely and, extra base yeah. hit. And then I mentioned it in my story too, and I've mentioned this a few times already. And I I do because it's a I think it's a big point that. Meese had a big triple in that game against Lamar's in that sub-state semifinal at home, and that it, it was in a pinch hit yep. situation. And I believe the eighth inning, I want to say, and and without that hit and Kennedy Bork's uh, swinging bunt to win it, um, but Meese put the team in that situation with that triple. So uh, it comes down to that one big hit. I, I know I've hammered well, home the point, you, but you it is the you point. Those hits, you don't score runs. It's, it's plain and simple. Those one-bag hits are right. key. I don't think you're off-base at all. I think that's 
That's exactly the game of baseball and softball. You can get as many people on base as you want, but if you don't get those runs across, that's the key. I mean, they, 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 they struggled with that last year. And you mentioned that triple. Kenley Meese also had a big three-pointer, as you mentioned in your story, at the state basketball tournament. This is a girl that's really stepping up in big situations. I think she's one. You know, I think with her – and Gangler had three home runs last year too. So I think those are the two that you look up in this lineup that you really have to look for. I think they're going to, have to be kind of the leaders this year for, for this team offensively. I, I think they've got some good senior leadership with Liz Meyer and, and Kennedy Bork. And, and, and Keanu Feldheim. But I think Gangler and Meese are the two that you look for for your performance-wise at the plate for you as, as leaders. Meese just yes. has tremendous upside as an athlete all around. And, and I, I don't remember what sport she competes in in the fall. I believe it's volleyball. Um, obviously, in basketball, she hit that big three in the state title game. Um, had a pretty big shot. A couple other big shots in, in the Regular season, defensively, she was solid as well. Everybody was solid on that basketball team. But but she had tremendous upside, and I'm eager to see what she can do in the, the key remainder is gonna be of in the her circle. career. They also have another key in the circle, but I think I think this yes. is – Yes, I was going to bring that up too, but go ahead. Jocelyn Verzal saw when Riley Plattenberg dealt with some injuries last year. I thought were key as a freshman because I thought she pitched well. She had a 1.60 whip, so it, but those weren't walks. She had 23 walks and 69 innings, which isn't bad. It was the 88 hits. So if she can find a way to to miss more bats, and I think she will, that's going to be key for her. Um, because yeah, I, I think, think she she, too. Maybe, maybe you get some more out of Cala Machalchak in, in the circle. She only pitched six innings last year, but you know Taylor Wilshire pitched 22 and a third, two thirds innings. She's at Dakota Valley, so she won't be pitching for Hingle on this year. So, but but those, those, those are Jolson no. Verzal. You touched on that last year that Jolson Verzal got in the circle last year. I think that'll benefit them this year. Yeah, I think it will too. I'm eager to see what uh, Heelan does in the circle because I think um, the hitting, I think, will be there. I think the pitching, I think, will be there as well. So I'm, I'm eager to see that that happen too. Let's stay in the city and let's, let's transition over to North because I think they have a lot of intrigue. They've lost Haley Hoogers, who did a ton of them last year, and I'm just very curious to see how the stars. I mean, they got some hitting to make up for, but it's in the circle. Haley Hoogers pitched 170, 78 innings last year. The next closest is Courtney Johnson with 33, and she had a 4.88 ERA as a sophomore. What will she do in the circle this year? Because that those are some big shoes to fill for Haley Hoogers with as many innings as she pitched. Uh, her pitch count was 2,347, so she had 20 wins. So they won 21 games last year. She had 20 wins. So uh, she she started tw- 28 of the 30 28 of the 30 games she was in as well. So uh, she only walked 18 batters as well. In the 33 innings that Courtney Johnson pitched, she had 25 walks. So they they really need someone to step into that circle and and fill a lot of innings. So that, that that's going to be the major question mark for North. That's where their success begins and ends this year. I feel. Yeah, yeah. And and they were in a regional final last year, too. Just ran into a buzzsaw of Waukee. And I, I'm not 100% sure that they, they can get back to a regional final. But I think that they can, they'll can. they have to find <laughs> new ways to be successful differently it's than what like they so were last gonna year. It's going to start in that circle. Because they've got some hitting back. Courtney Johnson, Michaela Black, Isabel Hesse. Yeah. Uh, I should say Bella yeah. Hesse. Uh, Olivia O'Brien. Peyton Rezit. Uh, Rizzer, Bailey Becker, Bailey Anderson, 
Um, all those girls that I mentioned all have an S after their name. And it ain't for senior from last year. It's for sophomore. Uh, except for Michaela Black, who was a freshman. That's a young team last year. And that's a and out of all those girls, Bailey Becker had a two eighty three average. Bailey Anderson two two eighty. That's your lowest ones right there. So those girls batted well last year. They came through in key situations. You know, it took a lot for them to get to that regional that that, that regional final. They had never been that far in a long time. So that's the thing. And and those girls got on base too. You know, a lot of those girls, three of those girls had four hundred OBP. So I, I really think the offense. I think they are going to miss Haley Hoogers in the middle of that lineup. At the twenty five RBIs. Yep. Um, 10 doubles, and they are going to miss Kylie Eichholt in that number two spot. She scored 24 runs, but I think yeah. the offense can come along a little better. It's if they can keep the pitching. If, the, if they can get a pitcher to step up, and that's, it's just tough because Haley Hoogers was, she was so good. Yeah, and it's going to be tough. If they can get someone to step up into that spot, that that's going to be the key right there. Um, they need some pitching because I feel the offense is there. They can get the pitching there right along with those other teams. Another team who I think will have to find the ways to make do this year is the East. Uh, Evie Larson is going to be their ace on the, in the circle. I almost said on the mound. In the circle for the Black Raiders. And then after that, I'm not 100% sure who the, who the uh, Black Raiders are going to turn to. I've heard a couple eighth graders that uh, coach uh, Bubba Malinowski, Malinowski will turn to. Um, but East is kind of in the same boat as, as North, especially – with Matty Van Dyke and Caitlin Tucker not uh, returning to the team because of injuries sustained during a yeah, really great wise, they are in the same boat as North. We'll see what Evie Larson can do. Um, 38 and two-thirds innings. She didn't miss that many bats, so that's kind of the thing. She had 47 hits in 38 and two-thirds innings. Right. Chastity Johnson pitched 169 and two-thirds innings last year for East. So, you know, can Evie Larson take some of those and who's behind her in that aspect? You mentioned the hitting. And, yeah, Matty Van Dyke is a huge loss along with Tucker. 361 and 324 averages right there. They do – Evie Larson, their, their offense wasn't as good as, as Norse last year. But you do have Briley Hempy back. You do have Evie Larson back, Abby Alter, um, Keanu Jenkins. Their offense wasn't as good, so they need some of those younger girls from last year to step up. It, as much as I, I think North may be in a better position because even though they really had to find a pitcher, their offense is more evolved than this. Can East make up for that loss of, of Van Dyke and Tucker uh, in that aspect? So those are two of their best hitters in an offense that wasn't as strong as Norse. So who, who steps up at the plate for them? You got Bradley Hemphrey. Who's kind of around her? Can you get more around her? Uh, does does Evie Larson take a step forward in that aspect too? So what does that lineup look around them? Cause that, it was a junior-laden squad last year. Junior and sophomore-laden squad for this East team last year. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what that East um, lineup can do because after once I talked to Bubba on Monday night, he was really excited about his lineup, and he said, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's a good problem to have so many good hitters. He doesn't know how to build that lineup on a, for a double header situation, so it's a good problem problem for a first year yeah, coach. Yeah, so have. so we'll see if he can he can build something there. They, they, they just have to grow. I mean, it's part of the learning process right there. So if they can get some pitching, we'll see, see what it they is. can do. So. Another team that in the city that has a new softball coach is Sioux City West, and they have Andrea DeRocher uh, 
filling in for the Wolverines. And the Wolverines went 4-27 in 2019. Um, not much to say for the Wolverines. They did have a couple product, pro- productive hitters. Um, their pitching just wasn't as productive uh, as as their hitting was. Um, where do you see the Wolverines going in 2020? Plain and simple. Uh, I mean, Emily, Emily Persinger had 104 innings pitched in a 5.95 ERA. They've, they've, they've got to be able to find a pitcher in that aspect. So until then, they're, they're kind of it's going through the motions. They'll have some hitting this year with Marion Freeze and Peyton Monroe, but along the lineup, those are their two ones. They got to get stuff around them. So two in the lineup, who can drive them in? Will Maya Augustine take a step forward this year from her eighth grade season or, or Madison Ford, who was okay last year. So if they can get a more, more, more well-rounded lineup, you'll see a few more wins, but it's a four one season this year. And a lot of that started in, in the circle. And if there, if nothing improves in the circle, it's another four or five, six, one season. Yep. 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 And then Lamar's, I, I, I think they'll be really competitive. Even though they lost Brooke Birkenpah in their circle, I think they'll find it a way. Offensively, I think they'll be fine. But again, it comes in the circle. But I think the Bulldogs won't be as competitive as they were last they'll year. Be okay. I think they'll like be okay. Said, Brooke Birkenpah, she pitched 193 and two thirds innings, 193 strikeouts in that, too. Her whip was a little high. But when you pitch that many innings, you take it. And she was very, very good in that circle. Olivia Milbrot pitched 17 and two-thirds innings. Libby uh, Liras pitched one and two-thirds innings. So there's so it'll be interesting to see who the pitcher is this year. Maybe Libby comes in there, too, and, and does it. You know, she was only an eighth grader last year. So we'll see her. Maybe there's some that didn't get any innings there. But it's going to start in the circle for them because they've got some good spots back. Like Brooke Hagee batting 395 last year. Um, Birkenhaus was really good at the plate too, batting three, three seventy two, and they do do lose any Elias, but you also have Katie Lee sink back as well. So they've got some some things to work with. Two sophomores with Morgan Marlow, Morgan and Peyton Mar Marlow. So um, I butchered their names, and I apologize for that. <laughs> you, you know, okay, here this is getting interesting. Okay, so you got Morgan and Peyton, who are obviously twins. Uh, I, I suspect. Um, one had 89 at bats. The other had 96. One had 25 hits. Right. One another had 27. One had 23 singles. The other one had 20, 26. Uh, one and they both batted 281. So one uh, identical numbers, if you could say, right there. So, so you have that. So, so do they take step forwards too? So does does Libby Leras take a step forward in the, uh, hitting wise? So I think their hitting can be there to be competitive enough. Um, it, it'll be what they get in the circle because they get something in the circle. I think they're right up there with North that they can hit, and maybe they can challenge Helen and SBL because it'll be interesting to see there what, what what they get in the circle to see how far far this team can move forward. And and. Lamar's also has a new coach in Kiwi Stefan, who is uh who played for Morningside. Uh not sure which high school she went to, but she's also been an assistant at West in Kingsley Pearson. So I think having that experience coaching the the Wolverines and the Panthers on an assistant basis will help her in her yeah, first and with head her coaching sister being job the head as well. Coach at Woodbury Central too, kind kind of is running in the family now, you could say. Yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, now let's branch out to the uh, 
to the Siouxland. And let's start off with 1A. We well, do have some teams I, ranked in 1A, but I think the highest. It's just one. like baseball. Remember Go ahead. how we said the War Eagle was, was the toughest conference in baseball? In softball, it's going to be yeah. maybe even tougher. You have West Sioux, Akron, Westfield, Galen Catholic, and South O'Brien. All those teams won 20-plus games. Three of those teams are ranked, and a lot of them return a ton of talent yep. on all four squads. So the War Eagle Softball Conference is going to be yeah. a beast this year. And I think I, – I, I don't know whether to say it starts with West Sioux or if it starts with Akron-Westfield or if it starts with Galen Catholic. But I think maybe West Sioux and Akron-Westfield – a slight step above above Galen Catholic right now, with, with South O'Brien being the number four. Well, it's interesting you say that because in one A, the IGHSAU has Galen eleventh, Akron twelfth, and one A, and West Sioux fifth and two A. So does that give you a little bit of an indication of what the state is thinking it about does, but in terms of the War Eagle? Also, didn't lose a game in the War Eagle Conference last year. So that's that's why I, I kind of wonder where where the hierarchy goes because while West Sioux is high up there, they also didn't get to state. Also, really, I beat them to get to state. So is West Sioux right there? They, they they're just falling short it seems in some of these big games because, like I said, Akron Westfield beat them last year too. So are, are they the team to beat in the War Eagle? But like I said, Akron Westfield is one A, so that's the key there between them and West Sioux. So I mean, I think those are the top two: West Sioux and Akron Westfield. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's jump into him a little bit more. Um, let's talk about West Sioux first since they're ranked fifth in two-way. Uh, West Sioux obviously had a really good game. There goes your uh, jacket that went off. Uh, West Sioux coming back with uh, Erica McKenney, who hit 443 last year as a junior. Peyton Schwiesel hitting 429. Emily Holtzoff, 376. Avery Coyle as a freshman, 369. And Shaden Blankenship was one point under at 368. I don't no, think yeah, I read they, senior. They didn't lose in a that list. Senior, I don't got play. everyone back. Um, so that that's going to be the key there. I mean, Westu's got everyone back. Their hitting is going to be very good this year. Again, maybe it's going to be more consistent than last year because you've got some of those guys over in the bottom. You'll see some of those younger girls that saw some time this year. So that's that's a well. Oh, Emma Mace is the senior they lost, along with Emily Clocky. But Emma Mace, they did lose. She had 75 at bat, so I should mention that as well. I said everyone, not not quite everyone. I was thinking Akron Westfield, but it's going to be in the circle for them. Erica McKinney had a good year in the circle last year, 147 strikeouts, 152 and two-thirds innings, but a 1.59 whip. And the defense behind her has to be better too. And those are two things that were evident in the get-to-state game against Alta Aurelia. Their defense – had too many unearned runs. Also, McKenney had yeah. too many people get on base, which caused that. So she's she's got to cut down the walks. 86 walks are too many walks. You cannot have that many people on base. That's the key. Can she cut Can she cut down no. those walks? Damn. Can the defense tighten up better here? Because so, they were so close to going to state, but it was their defense and getting too many people on base that kind of hurt them. Do you think that's a concern going into this? I mean, season, yeah, if, if, if that's going to happen to get the state game, yeah, it's a matter of nerves. You got to calm those down, and you have to play better defense. I think that is a major focus for them coming into this season. So, yep, yep. And then with Galen, eleventh uh, in one aim, we'll talk about Akron too. But Galen having a really good season too uh, in terms of the school year. They made it to state in basketball. No. Did they make it to state volleyball? I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. I didn't think so, but they did make a statement. I am so sorry. Yep. 
That's what I thought. I duh, I covered the regional final of that of that match too. So yes, they did make the state in volleyball, and then I saw them at state basketball. So they're having a really good year as it is in, in 2020, and they want to end the school year, a weird school year for that matter, with the state tournament birth. What do you think the Jays need to do? Hey, to it's going to be at the plate for them. It's definitely going to be at the plate for them because, and that's what that's what coach Tony Gunter said that was the key last year their hitting last year wasn't consistent enough and at the end of the season it came on to get them to state and they're going to miss some of those hitters this year too Anna Britt and Katie Peters both graduated Anna Britt batted 429 last year 35 runs scored so now you need to get some more consistency in there and they, they can have that I mean Tony said it may be toward the end of the season again too but you have some hitters like Sydney Livermore Addison Weaver um in that aspect. So those are two I kind of look at. Will Alyssa Klobach come up? Because you, you had some freshmen and sophomores that contributed too. So it's going to be on their offense. They can come on at the end of the season. He thinks the bats will come a little slowly, but will be ready by the time his team comes along. So uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I think they have the pitching in the circle. Last year, Riley Schneff had 173 to third innings as a freshman and 208 strikeouts in that aspect. 208. Her main thing was walks, 79 walks. That, that's not bad, but I think she, uh, Tony Gunter said he thinks her consistency with the zone is going to get better, which for a girl that had 2.18 ERA and 173 innings as a freshman, that's huge right there. So if their hitting can come along, it doesn't have to be ready this first mm-hmm. As long as it's ready by the time the postseason comes along, because that's what happened for Galen last year is their hitting right. came along at the right time last year. So that, that's what Gunter is looking for this year again. So. Yep, yep. And then there was the Westerners who had a really good season last year with a record of 21 and 13, just like the Jays did. And all five of their returning hitters in terms of average are back, including Tori Nemesio. She was a sophomore last year, hit 409. And then senior Jaden Harris, who's a senior this year, hit 408. So the Westerners, I think, will be fine at the plate if they have a lot of young, fresh uh, girls who produced last year coming back. Do you see them having a problem? No, I in don't. The I really don't see them having a problem in the circle. They really, uh, Todd Colt is a veteran uh, coach here uh, for golf and and for for softball. I don't see him having a problem because they pitched two freshmen in the circle last year, uh, and they put together good seasons. And I feel with, with his guidance, they'll they'll do a little better. Natalie Nielsen maybe had a little too many walks with forty seven and ninety nine innings pitched and a two oh two batting average, whereas Megan Meenan. She had a 274 opponents batting average, only 12 walks. I think they complement each other very well. And I think with both of them being freshmen, for them to perform that well, I think they'll take a step forward this year uh, as well. So I think, you know, Todd Colt's been at this a long time. He's done a very good job with that program. So so I feel he'll, he'll bring that program along pretty well there. I think they'll be fine in the circle. I think, you know, they're another – I think right now it's going to be on their hitting. I don't think they're going to have much problem – hitting as well. You mentioned the stats earlier. It's going to get a few more runs and they batted well last year. It's getting, you mentioned the timely hit here too. It's getting more of that timely hit too, which I think, you know, they, they've done a good job of that. Natalie Nielsen had 29 RBIs, Autumn Bundy, 26, uh, Elena Molinex, she had 40 RBIs. So it's maybe getting a few more runs pushed across more all throughout the lineup than maybe one spot in the lineup for, for uh, Akron Westwood, maybe more consistency because these weren't young girls last year. There's only, Three juniors in here, so they were young. Right. I just think, I, I yeah, I, I think they're going to be in very good shape. Their hitting is going to evolve, and their pitching is going to evolve, which is scary considering how good 
both those aspects were last year going going eleven and zero in the War Eagle. Yeah. Todd Colton yeah. knows what pitcher to use when. Yeah, yeah, so. that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's very impressive. Two other schools I want to talk about as we move to Class Two A outside of the War Eagle. Two two programs I'm very excited about for the basketball season next year too. It's West Monona and West Lyon. West Monona ranked eighth in the preseason with a thirty and six record last year. West Lyon ranked fifteenth with a twenty and eight record. Um, West Monona's got one of the best players in our area, Lexi Lander. Um, she she's definitely one of the best players in our area. As a junior, she batted four eighty four last year, six home runs. Eight, and here's four. the deal. As good as her hitting was, <laughs> she had a 0.91 ERA and a 0.84 whip, 265 strikeouts in 184 uh, third innings. So she she is – I don't want to say she's what makes West Monona go, but you look at that, she's kind of – I guess I'll just say she's a Hunter Deckers of that West Monona program. Let's put it that way. So she was very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what their hitting does this year because they do lose Kylie Henschen. They do lose Ariel Ronick. Uh, they do have Mallory McCall back this year, by the way. And and Michaela Haynes was a freshman last year. They do have some good hitters back. Those are two big bats to make up for. But they do have a – when I say that their hitting is going to be as good, their hitting was very, very good last year. Very, very good. So so I'm, I'm – yeah. Yes, it was very good. If you have a girl yeah. who's hitting so, I mean, 484, it's, it's, it's yeah, really you're doing all right. Yeah, that's straws what I'm saying here, too, to lose Henshin and Ronick. But they're, they were really good, so I don't want to discount them. But the lineup will be really good. Lexi Landers will be really good in the circle as well. This West Monona team could make a very deep run this year. I'm very excited to see what they do uh, yes. in that aspect. Like I said, she batted 44, six home runs, 19 doubles, 39 RBIs, um, and that, like I said, all the strikeouts she had. That West Monona team, led by Lexi Lander, like I said, and it's not just her. Mallory McCall at the plate uh, and, and Michaela Hines at the plate, Megan Bonham. This is going to be a very fun team to watch this year. Yeah, and I think West Lyon's going to be fun to watch, too. The, granted, they did lose their top hitter in Madison Grote, Grote Wolf last year with 438, but Tentley Rensher, a sophomore last year, uh, hit 423 in Haley Knobloch um, as a right fielder and second baseman as a sophomore in 2019, hit 409. Um, Pitching-wise, uh, also uh, Knobloch, they lose Knobloch, but with Kennedy Kramer in the circle, having 34 strikeouts. I don't think West Lyon will be as dominant as what West Bernona brings to the table, but I can see yeah, why West, West Line is ranked where they are. Nalbach were two big losses, but I, I'm really interested to see what they do this year. I think their their offense is going to lead the way as Kramer. I, I assume it's going to be Kramer's going to be the lead in that, that aspect. Uh, she she gets used to it. She's only a sophomore, 37 and 30 innings, a pitch decent. So I think you'll see more out of her this year. And if she's, she's good in the circle, that hitting is really going to carry them. And I, I think they're going to have a, a successful season as well. I do, too. I do, too. Moving on to Class 3A, looking at the area ranked teams there, there are two additional ones other than Helan, and that is Spirit Lake, ranked seventh with a 22-7 and seven record in 2019, and Boyden Hall Rock Valley, ranked 14th last year. They went 22-9 and nine now, and then humbled on the edge, too, of, uh, in Northwest Iowa. But go into Spirit Lake for a second. Uh, with the 22 and seven record, I think they can make a deep run. I think they can make it to Fort Dodge. I think it's a moot point to say that they're going to win the 3A title because I think Davenport assumption is by far and away the best team in the entire state. So I don't think anybody can compete for a 3A title. 
But I think Spirit Lake can has the tools. Yeah, to get it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, Peyton Astershore, if I believe I'm thinking of the name right from last year, uh, she was very good for them. But they still have um, uh, Brittany Olson back, I believe. Carly Olson. They have, it was Peyton Astershore, so I I I just kept not typing in the stats right. But yeah, they have Carly Olson back, and she only batted uh, five thirty nine last year. <laughs> yeah, fifty three runs scored. Oh, she gets on base at a great clip. You have Stella Donkerschlag, who was a freshman last year. As a freshman, all she did was bat 400. So you you, you are losing Peyton Aaron uh, Storff. That's that's the key there. She's a big loss in the lineup. You return everything else. That lineup is going to be solid, very, very solid. It's going to be pitching where they, they need to take a jump forward. They had two freshmen that saw the innings last year, Irish Knutson and, and Gracie Ham. They both had ERAs under four but also both had ERAs about 1.6 or more. So can they cut down on the uh, on the hits al- hits allowed? And, you know, cut down the walks a little bit too, but the hits allowed. So right. if their pitching can take a step forward, they're going to make a deep run. If their pitching does what it did last year, they're going to get knocked out of the postseason because someone's going to have better better pitching to kind of stymie that a bit. So And they're going to be able to get the hits there because it, it's going to come down to pitching for Spirit Lake. And if Irish Knutson and Gracie Ham can take a step forward because – Man, they've got the offense with Carly Olson leading the way there. I mean, Izzy Backus, uh, Ellie Carney, mm-hmm. Jordan Ham. I mean, they've they've got so much there. I see a I see a Carly Joe Aaron Storm. Is she anything like her sister? I mean, she only batted two sixty three last year and seventy six at bat. So that's as a freshman. So that's 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 decent there too. So so she could play a key role in this as well. So yes, very much so, very much. So. And then for BHRV for the comments. Uh, they bring back two of their top hitters. Brooks Zalstra hit 488 last year. Charlie Baumgars hit 462. Um, Lizzie Blum coming back as a pitcher in the circle had a 2.54 year rain, had 16 wins in the circle. I think BHRV is. Yeah, set up I think they have a good too. season ahead of them right there. Um, yeah, Boyden Hall, Rock Valley. It's interesting. Usually you're talking about a, d- a different team in Boyden Hall <laughs> in that aspect. But yeah, they do. They do have a good back. Um, I believe Brooks Eisner is playing, and that's a big one right there. Like you said, Charlie Baumgartner, uh, Baumgars, I should say. So it's going to come down to what, what happens in the circle for them. And Lizzie Blum, I think, will take another step forward. She's a junior last year. She's a senior. Given up, she needs to cut down to the 88 walks. That's the key there. I will always look at the walks first. Yeah, I like ERA. I look at whip before I look at ERA. And when I see 88 walks, the 192 opponent's batting average, you need to cut down on the walks. That'll be huge. If she can do that, Boyden Hall will be very good this year because they've got the offense sitting there. They do lose Taylor Richter, but they do have, and they do lose Keely Swanson, but they do have a lot in that lineup that I really think, yeah, you mentioned Brooke Zyster is just a very good athlete, just very good. Uh, I, I believe she's going to Northwestern. Yes, yes. I've heard Charlie Baumgart, Lizzie Blum offensively had batted 403 last year, like I said, Emma Zote, who also is turning into a pretty good athlete as well. And Joel Bergstrom, I, I think this this team with that offense can go a long way. The, the key is, is is if they can, if Lizzie Blum can cut down on her walks. Yep, yep, I agree, I agree, and and it's not a surprise that Boyden Hall has athletes. That's no shocker. And then after after governing Boyden Hall in several state tournaments in basketball in the last few years and honing in on them this year, it's certainly true that they certainly have athletes in those communities of Boyden Hall and Rock Valley, not just with Boyden Hall, but also with Western and, and Trinity Christian and all them. So 
uh, very, very excited for uh, those communities to have an exciting summer. And I'm excited to have a summer where we aren't just sitting in the office and having the paper done at, at early in, in the night. We actually have stuff coming in. Coaches, please call in. Email in. We want results. We haven't had live, result, live local results in our, in our paper in a while. And we want that to change Before next we go, week, we and we're very excited for that. Twin Lake Conference, especially one that's rated number two, and that's New Alfonda. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, very good call. They're so second you, in 1A. I, I almost forgot about them. Yes, they are very highly they ranked. They do lose and, Olivia yes, Larson. They've had a good year, too. Two players that batted above 400. Those were two of five players that batted above 500 with Bailey Seavers, uh, who batted 475. Maggie Walker batted 459. Um, Ella Larson batted 407 and Megan Morantz batted 400. She's going to play basketball at, at, at Buena Vista, by the way. You still have Macy Seavers in there and Anna Bell, uh, Bell Cook. So you still have some good bats in there. Uh, Cameron Wilkin graduated too. She, she batted 371 last year. So you do lose her. So you do have a lot of three spots to make up for your lineup, but a lot in that lineup. And pitching wise, Ella Larson saw their most innings. Uh, she, she pitched well in there. Um, Bailey Seavers pitched decent when she was called upon. So I think if you, you divide it up between those two. That's a good combo, too. And both of them were sophomores last year. So I just believe – I know you're losing Olivia Larson. I know you're losing Emma Stewart and, and Cameron Wilkin. But this team will be very good again with what they have back. That lineup is loaded again. Um, and if their pitching takes a step forward, man, I, it's going to be a tough task to knock off Colfax Mingo. But New Alfonso seems like that number two team. They just – you know, every sport they perform pretty well. So v- Collins, Max, you, Collins you know, Max, Colfax but... Mingo. Uh, Colf- I, uh, it's close by, but it's very close by. So very close I think by. It's a different team there. So, um, another team in the, in the Twin Lakes Conference is Alta Aurelia. And I, they will take a step back this year, but they did play in the state tournament last year. They do lose Abby Kramer. That's a huge loss at the plate and in, in the circle. She was probably the second best pitcher in the area last year. And she, she batted 440 last year. Um, that aspect and basically got them to that state tournament. Um, 334 strikeouts in 190 innings. And that, and that was the difference there. She had more strikeouts than Lexi Lander, and that's what got her softball player of the year, with Lexi Lander being the number two right there. I, I mean, I went mm-hmm. back and forth and said, well, this is the one that yeah. got to the state tournament yeah. too because Kramer was very, very key. She's at Dort now, by the way, everyone. So, so there's that. And, you know, batting 440 is, is no small task either. So she had a really good season there. But they graduate her. They gra- graduate Jessica Fl- uh, Flattery. They graduate Brittany Turnquist. So, um, and 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 the coach Dave Turnquist did also retire too. So it's a new coaching staff. But they did have a lot of young sophomores and eighth graders. So it'd be interesting to see who goes in there. And I don't know who's going to be in the circle for them too, because you know, 190 innings. There's only seven other innings out there. So it'll be interesting who's in the circle for them. They'll take a step back, but I still expect their offense to be decent. We'll see who takes that spot in the circle for them. So, and just one more thing on the old fun, and I say this tongue in cheek, but maybe Megan Moran hits a walk off homer in the state softball final. If she can hit a game winner against Algona, who knows? Yeah, she can hit we'll, a walk off we'll before Dodge, be too. And, and, that would be cool. You know, uh, it's such a tough task to knock down Collins Maxwell. That's going to be that, that's going to be another interesting matchup. So, yeah, that's going to be tough. That's going to be another interesting match, but I think New Alfonso is up for the task, and hopefully um, they will have an exciting summer as well. 
Make sure, coaches, please send us your results every night. Uh, sport, SCJ Sports at SiouxCityJournal.com. Uh, Justin Rest on Twitter. I'm at Zachary W. James. Um, phone number is, I know what my office number is. What's oh, the general office number, Justin? Uh, 712-293-4206. Okay. Uh, Justin, there you go. There you go. So call in there and we'll Actually, get your games in. We're excited. Sort of We're just as excited as you. Let us call the game changer. That's the easiest way. There you go. There you go. Game changer. Yes, game changer. GC.com. Get on game changer. It's an awesome app. I've been using it for the last few years as a journalist uh, back in Clinton and lacrosse. So, yes, that is a very easy way to, to submit results as well. We're excited. We, we are excited. We're just as excited as you are that we get to have a summer and we're, we're going to have fun and, and it it, be it'll, be, it'll be a good time, you, right? You and Barry will be at more games than I will, but I'll be at some games too. But yeah, it's, it'll be a good time.